This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Just want to say thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener today. And remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate that for you in advance. And if you can't get to the podcast version and give us a five-star review, drop it in the comments on this video right here on this video. We'll take them right there. We'll take it however we can get it. But I think... There was one interesting thing that stood out to the Hawks last night. That was an ugly win. Are we going to have to get used to that? And what is going to determine whether or not Terry Fontenot is going to make a move at a trade deadline? And last but not least, and for the culture, SS Magazine dropped their top 10 R&B artists of all time. I got questions. And I may have a few answers as well. <laughs> but first, T, we got to talk about the Hawks. 118-113 last night, and the Hawks, one thing about this game, I was up and down throughout the entire game. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, that looks good. Oh, that was a great play. Oh, man, what are y'all doing? Why are y'all not playing defense? What's going on? But I think when, when it came down to the last two minutes of this game, T, and when you talk about uh, John Collins on that block, yes. when, he, when, he, when he, he, he got that turnover, he turned around, mm-hmm. didn't give up on the play, and went back and blocked uh, Kate Cunningham. That was absolutely the game changer. And I think after that, after that play was made, I was like, "Oh yeah, they they got this one." Yeah, yeah, and and you're right. I think that this is the kind of game, in in two positive ways, by the way. Right. This is the kind of game that we do need to get used to. Ugly right. games okay. against any any opponent, especially those who have any semblance of one, two, or three players whose names we don't even know that can hit a three <laughs> yes yeah, no be because oh, that's still yes. an area that's Goodness. still an area where they're developing uh yes. in, in terms of you know Dejounte murray and where does he go and kind of where does he fit in there i just really believe that's why his offensive game didn't kick in until late in the game because he was busy trying to make sure he was where he needed to be in his spots on defense right because right, right. anytime it seemed like the Pistons wanted to spot up. They could find their spot so fast. So yeah. I do, I, I have no problem with him having scored his 19 down the stretch. Uh, but I think this is what this team is going to look like for two reasons. Number one, it really will probably take about a fourth a quarter of the season, about 20 games in yeah. before we see yep. who the real Hawks are, because everybody is, I believe every one of them is finding their way. Think about it, Jarvis, Trey, has to now play more off the ball. DeJounte Murray is the vocal leader of the team, but has to figure out how to co-lead with Trey. DeAndre Hunter is trying to figure out where exactly does he go? Should I focus this particular game on my defense or should I focus on my offense? Because sometimes with him, it's a give and a go. John Collins, okay, now I'm starting to be able to do my offensive thing and I'm going to do it, but I know when they need me, I think. And then (laughs) fifth, Clint Capella. (laughs) If I don't get an alley-oop, for a score, then maybe they shouldn't send it to me down low and let me bounce the ball, dribble it at all for a shot. Let me just focus on two things, wiping the glass and looking for my alley-oop because Onyeka Okongwu between that four and five is right out there. So that's one part. Second part, Jarvis, is I'm not mad 
at the crazy, because if the crazy ends up with a win, let's face it, they wouldn't have won this game last year. They didn't. Oh, no, no. It was nail last year. Two out of three times they did not win this game last year. So I am good with it. The Hawks actually break a four-game losing streak to the Detroit Pistons on the road. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? But I think that – and another thing that I, that really stood out to me, uh, T, I, I think – and this is not just hyperbole. This is – I feel like this was the best game that i ever seen John Collins play. Just from a standpoint of just showing his all-around game, showing mm-hmm. – that hey, he's willing to play defense and showing that he's able willing to rebound and be a consistent double double guy. Nineteen and eleven, and then mm-hmm. that that number that really just stood out to me. Not those. I know he's four capable blocks. of that. Four, four blocks, T. Four. 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 Twelve four. as a team. Four. Twelve right. as a team. Very, Clint Capella had four, had four blocks on, 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 own, on yeah. as well. So those are some of the things that just. This is it, it. Lets me know that the team is different, and if mm-hmm. if different is winning ugly. Like mm-hmm. this, I'm okay with that. I don't, because, you know, I don't care for being one of the top scoring teams in the league and also right. being a 26 ranked team defensively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if this is closing that gap, T, I'm totally fine with it. But, yeah, I think J.C. had he had an excellent game. You know, I'm using his yeah. nickname. You know, I don't normally call him J.C. I call him John or John Collins. You know, I but when he played like J.C. last night, and yeah. I think that, like this, that's very that was very promising to see the way John played last night, right? Because that was one of those games where, like, the question I posed before, where he's like, Okay, now I get to exercise and you know, evolve as an offensive player, but I know they need me over here on defense. And Gotta last night, it was like his the entire game, he was growing into, Oh, okay, this is what it looks like. And I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious or simplistic, this is what it looks like for me to be the two way player that the Hawks need, not just a two way player, but the one that they need, the one that comes mm-hmm. out and shows you some position five, some center type energy. Four blocks, yep. that's some center-type energy. And yes. Jarvis, low-key, he's done that back-to-back. It's been a couple years yep. since he's had back-to-back games where he had four blocks. And the other thing is, going back to what you said, I, I do think you know, if I had to go player of the game, I, I believe his numbers are probably just amazing across the board. But for DJ and what we're talking about with the defense, in the mm. fourth quarter, after Kay Cunningham torched the heck out of them in the first half, first first half. Particular, DJ shut him down. Four points was all he could get in the fourth quarter. But this is a good thing. The Hawks are only allowing 22 points per game in fourth quarters this year. That is second best in the league. So you've got to give them some love for that. And you've got to give them love for being uh, leading the league in fourth quarter defensive rating. you got to – that goes back to what you said. If this is going to be how it is, I am okay with it because – we're looking and digging into the defensive numbers and not so much looking at the offensive rating, which was where they were number one for most of last year. And we know what happened last year. No doubt about it. And and I think that just from a leadership standpoint, I think like if a guy can essentially come in in one year and change the, 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 the dynamic of a team or, and who they are, I think we talking about DeJounte Murray being that guy, right. That as the leader, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Trey was going off and doing his thing. Uh, uh, offensively getting to the free throw line, which he was able to take advantage of, what, 16 to 17 from free throw? Mm-hmm. Yes. So that's, that that was huge. He was able to mm-hmm. get into the paint and do what he needed to do and take advantage of the mismatches that that, that was presented to him. So mm-hmm. I, I think that – and Trey can be a, a leader within that. But yes. when you talk yes. about, hey, this dude dropped 22 on us in the first half. Yeah. 
this needs to change. Hey, DeJounte said, you know what? I got you. It's the fourth quarter. I got mm-hmm. you. And, and yeah. DeAndre Hunter, he he did a better job on Boyan mm-hmm. Bogdanovich. I was a little upset at him when he, he got that sixth foul on that three-point yeah. play because, you know, Boyan was was giving get passing out work. And I think yeah. that that was something that, you know, you got to keep an eye on and be be cognizant of. But yeah, to I think we kind of answered our own question yesterday as far as, like, who can be that guy or did we see it? And I yes. think we saw it last I night. Okay. Yes. I, I agree. I, I think we started the start of it. And uh, real quick, there was uh, someone I heard who was like going off on, well, why shouldn't Trey be the leader? And, you know, because he's been here four or five years and he's your best player on your team. The best player is not always the leader. The best oh. player is not always even the heart and soul. Solomon of the Hill team. was a leader. He's no so, the best player. Solo, <laughs> the guy whose stat line was pretty much zero on everything. He right. was your heart and soul. He was lead, yeah. And he was your leader. He was all of the above, but not your best player. Trey, like you said, is going to lead in different ways. Like yesterday, he was leading in terms of, I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to play some physical ball. I'm going to get to the line. And so is the rest of this team. That was his leadership piece. DJ was talking, vocalizing his leadership piece. And so, like you said, he said, oh, I got this. You guys do a little bit for me. And I got the rest on this Kate Cunningham. And then, like you said, John Collins, JC, was then able to show his heart and soul. Because that's the kind of leadership he brings to the table, the heart. No doubt about it. And T, I think I want to kind of get real quick, get into something that we talked about yesterday. We're talking about Dan Swanson and what our gut feeling about whether or not he's going to be able to come back. But I think there are a couple of things that outside of Dan Speed that I mm-hmm. feel like are pretty big deal. There are two yeah. things, right? The first thing that comes to mind is Marcelo Zuna. What in the heck are they going to do with him? And whether or not they're going to bring back Kenley Jansen. Which one of those things do you think that can be a big a big thing for Alex Anthopoulos to, to get accomplished? I think it's going to be bigger to decide and determine if Kenley Jansen is someone that you whom you want to bring back. Right. I honestly think that Marcel Ozuna has already kind of written his ticket out of the city. Yeah. And, and not just on the personal level, but I'm talking about professionally. He's literally declined like really month after month for the time that he's been with the Braves, except for yeah. you know, shades of, of greatness that he was yeah, showing. Nothing, yeah. But more importantly, we're talking about like him being a liability at the plate. Well, Jarvis, they don't need any liabilities in the field. They only need liabilities yeah. in the outfield. And that's him. I know. That's yeah. him. So I just think what he brings to the table is virtually non-existent. I think Alex Anthopoulos can probably go out and find somebody who is more skilled in both areas and can probably you can get him for either the same money or less. It's Kenley Jansen. Yeah, and I and I think that, that I'm I'm right along with you because I think that a lot of people have paid so much attention to Kenley Jan I mean to Dansby Swanson. I think mm-hmm. they kind of forget about hey, Kenley Jansen is a guy that you probably need to bring back at least for one more year because I love what Rossiel Iglesias did, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind keeping him in that role because yeah. we know he's going to be around and setup guys are just as hard to find as guys who are closer. So, mm-hmm. um, and Kenley Jan- when can you need a Kenley Jansen to, to come in and shut that bad boy down? He did that, especially in that Met series when yes. he had three straight saves. So I think those, that's the, those are some of the things you need to pay attention to mm-hmm. uh, as we move along and Braves. And I think Alex Anthopoulos, whatever happens, whatever happens with, with the Braves, I think that we will know that Alex Anthopoulos has a plan in place. Now, do you have a plan in place when it comes to what's going on with betonline.net? You don't? Okay, cool. Well, here we go. 
Here's why you need to go there. All right, it is the easiest and fastest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, NBA, NHL, uh, NFL. We got we got a Thursday night game that we kind of referenced. The Bucks and the Ravens are the are going. It's going down tonight. I think the the favorite has flipped. The Bucks were a one and a half underdog. Now they're the favorite. Why? You want to know why? Go to betonline.net. It continues to be the top online source for all sports wager information, live in-game betting scores, and podcasts. You listen to us for everything Atlanta sports related, for everything bet bet related, gambling related. Go to betonline.net. They have got you covered. Because here's what I want you to do. You know, you're trying to figure out how you're going to make some money for the weekend. You're trying to look at some games. I need you to head to betonline.net today. Or use your mobile device to, to to learn about, excuse me, the action happening today because Bet Online is where the game starts. I I'm so excited about it, I can't even get it out to you. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And you know what we are also excited about? The fact that we are T-minus four days away from the showdown at the Benz. Falcons are back home to take on the Panthers. And, of course, Remember, they are three and four sitting atop the NFC South along with the Bucks who play tonight. So while they have their eye on what's going to go down and they're putting installing the game plan to take on the Panthers Sunday, let's just be real. They have their eyes on what's going on in Tampa tonight because the Bucks are taking on the Ravens. That should be an incredible yes, matchup. Yeah, one of the better Thursday games that we're probably ever going to see this season. Right. Hopefully. But it also has <laughs> right. It has weight for both teams, but particularly for what we want to talk about. It's about the Bucks. And you think about this. We're in week seven. Never thought we were going to be having a conversation in week seven about the Falcons being in the mix for a playoff position. So you got to wonder, Jarvis, are the Falcons looking at the outcome tonight and kind of saying, OK, what if the Bucks go three and five? And it could go either way. What if the Bucks go three and five, and then we take sole possession of first place? But what if the Bucks go four and four? That could also bring pressure to say, hey, we know that we need to get a corner in place, and we need to get a corner in place fast. So how much are we looking over our shoulders at the Bucks to be to have to make that decision? I think as fans and people who couldn't you know, cover this team, we're definitely going to be looking at it. But I think that to, regardless of what happens – Terry Fondo has to do his due diligence, right? Because even though Arthur Smith is talked about being comfortable with the guys that he has on this roster, because that's why, hey, that's why we, that's why, that's why they're on this roster. You know, he mm -hmm. always refers to, hey, he's very proud of the guys that they put together. And to be honest with you, they've done a good job of putting guys together with what, with what, what they, they have, have to deal with, with, right? So, so they are working with they, they are working with they work they're working with. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So yeah, I barely can get it out. You know, but I think that. <laughs> The thing, though, is for, for Farno, though, he has to say, I have to take advantage of every opportunity that I get better. If somebody is making a call saying, hey, you're interested in the guy, he has to take that phone call. Or if he's looking around the league, and I know he has people all over all over the league and within the division as well, and mm -hmm. say, hey, what are you? Um, what would it take for this guy? And I think yes. that Farno has to do his due diligence regardless mm -hmm. of what happened, the outcome of this game because – I think that when you are seven games in into the season, like you mentioned, and you are still you're tied for first place in the mm -hmm. in the division, when this team was ranked what forty fifth, Arthur Smith said forty fifth out of thirty two teams, I still still chuckle every time I I bring that up. But anyway, I, 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 those are some of the things that you have to take a look and appreciate that for where you are. 
but you always have to look to get better as a general manager of this team. Yeah, and you could do something like get yourself another version of a Casey Hayward, where Casey right. Hayward may not have been someone that we even talked about when we were looking at the available free agents earlier this year in the offseason. But when they got him, like, oh, yeah, we remember Casey Hayward. He was pretty good. And then mm -hmm. he showed shades of who he used to be before he went on IR. Maybe you find a guy like that who is really still, you know, cap friendly, regardless of the fact that you have $9.2 million to work with. Or right. the other thing is this, we just saw that, um, and I think it's Kadarius Tony, Kadarius Tony, I uh, just saw that he was traded. So the Giants and I believe the Chiefs are making a trade. Yeah. When you went to bed last night, did you really? And they're already Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> the Chiefs are already Super Bowl contenders and they're still trying to and still making moves yeah with, yeah with a dominant defense and they said hey bears you willing you're interested so in robert, robert, robert quinn our way wow. so there could also be a conversation to your point that terry fontenot is having with other teams about players that we would never think about but that that team for whatever reason might start shopping and if you want to find out about more of that kind of information where you're trying to figure out you know kind of that bigger picture of locked on sports today that's what will give it to you so of right. course you always listen to us first we appreciate you but really your next listen check them out because they give you the biggest stories of the day so they're probably giving you reaction to the robert quinn trade and how that's a trickle down effect in a very muddled up nfc they give you instant reaction so if another blockbuster trade comes that's where you want to go big game recaps we told you big game tonight one of the best thursday night games in recent memory they'll tell you about it and hey kind of like you look for and for the culture right here on atl day ones they have their version on locked on sports today and they call it shake of the day so check it out available on odyssey app available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts check them out and i don't doubt that they're probably having this same conversation because the falcons are in the mix and people are talking about right. what they can actually do and whether or not to our point do they go out and look for somebody or do they find themselves at least in a situation where hey jarvis if they can't find the right trade partner at least and they have an isaiah oliver who knows the system and you can move him around darren hall was it has been serviceable since he's been in there and worst case scenario you may not want to use avery williams but at least he started at least he played corner last year and at least he also is now in his second year of Dean Peace system should you have to go that route and maybe you only do it against the likes of the Panthers because let's face it what they did to the Bucks was an aberration let's just keep it real so yeah. ultimately speaking that might weigh in as well like okay let's see how it goes this Sunday and then to our point we know that they have a little bit of a I want to call it a super soft schedule but kind of a soft schedule because you play the Panthers again you play the Steelers and all kinds of teams before your bye that may be it gives you at least wiggle room and a comfortability that you have the guys I just mentioned, should you not be able to get anybody, uh, any DBs in uh, on before the trade deadline. I mean, because he also not only has Ter Terry Fontenot has to think about today, he has to think about the future as well. Yes. And you don't want yes. to mortgage future draft picks for a guy that a rental player because that's yeah. that's what i don't want the falcons to do i don't want them to get guys who are, are going into the last year of their contracts because mm -hmm. i have a thing about guys who just ball out in the last year of their contracts more than likely that's the only time they're going to ball out in the last year of their contract <laughs> so i think that you know in, in order for if there's a move out there like a guy like a casey hey who's nobody really mm -hmm. checking for but he's a vet and can mm -hmm. kind of give you some give you some a, a solid foundation uh as um your team gets back healthy 
and, and I, I think that you make that move, but you don't go out and get guys like a Bradley Chubb who's going into obviously he can help the Falcons, but mm-hmm. he's going into the last year of his contract. So yeah. those those are the those are the guys I would stay away from because yeah, yeah I know everybody want to bring up the whole they're gonna have a lot of money next year, but yeah, right. they still have to pay their guys. <laughs> AJ Terrell, Hello. Chris Lister's gonna have to get paid. All yep. those like think it's, about what yeah. we're talking about now. We talked about it's the exactly. 2020 draft. Those mm-hmm. guys are up. They're up. So so that's something that you're gonna have to pay attention to and keep an eye on. And Terry Fondo is gonna have to do that as well. So, but I think the one thing that also helps me out and gives mm-hmm. keeps me at ease if they don't make a move is the fact that the offer is back. He's he was limited yes. in practice. Back, uh, yes. back at practice Wednesday, and he was uh, in a limited fa- on fashion. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arthur Smith talked about how he was day to day. So if you're there out there and he's feeling well and he's doing he he's doing what he's supposed to do, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to be out there on Sunday. So um, yes. those are some of the things that you know hel- helps me out. But you know it's always cool to talk about bringing new guys in because hey that's just how we are right (laughs) yeah exactly and and again if there's somebody out there like you said who it makes sense to go and get that guy because maybe he's not in the final year of his contract and is going to ball out and cost you just for to ball out for like 10 games you know and and like the browns aren't going to say hey give me um greedy williams like give me everything all that you have Right. Yeah. For him. Okay. Yeah. But, but Terry Fontenot has shown that he is a really good negotiator. He can yeah. leverage what he has. And then Arthur Smith obviously has shown that he could use exactly who and what he has because somehow, some way, in spite of Marcus Mariota, this team is still three and four. And so I was thinking about this. And you know, Jarvis, I'm just doing this for kicks and giggles because of course, of course you yeah. know better. But right. he's still trending. So I'm still asking. With the playoffs within reach right now, always it's safe to say. But is it safe to say that Marcus Mariota has been marked as safe again this week? Yeah, and you know what? To be honest with you, I don't mind having this conversation or at least this uh, bring up uh, every week because right. that's what it is. It's, it is what it is. He's a professional. He's a professional athlete, and of course, if he doesn't play well, we're gonna point it out. If he does play well, we're gonna point it out that point that out as well. So I think those some of the things that. But to answer your question, I do think he, I do believe he is safe because, like you know, this is something that that the Falcons are gonna have to continue to work through. It's gonna right. be a week to week thing. Mm-hmm. I, I I wholeheartedly believe that if there's a situation where the Marcus Mariota is putting his team in bad situations, see, I know for a fact that Arthur Smith will make that change. And yeah. I just don't feel like that they are at this point at that point right now. Yeah. If you would continue to turn the ball over and fumbling snaps and all that stuff, mm-hmm. we probably would have saw, uh, we probably would have seen um, uh, Desmond Ritter. But since yeah. that's not that's not the case, mm-hmm. um, and and it, like the Falcons are, you know, people kind of understand what what's going on with the offensive line. Like, hey, you can't sit, you can't throw the ball thirty five times. I don't care right. who's back there at quarterback. They're gonna have that heat on their behind. So I, I think you kind of move along. Take lick your wounds and, and come back and try to get this dub against Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and also buy yourself one more week with the fact that you're probably going to get Cordero Patterson back out there next week. So that should yes. bolster your run attack. And hopefully Damian Williams is not far behind. Now, you know what else should bolster energy for you guys? That's a built bar. Man, yes. 
it's Thursday. You're trying to get through the rest of the week. You just got really a day and a half and then it's the weekend. But if you need a little uptick and you need a little push in your life that's healthy, go for a built Bar and actually go for the cookie dough chunk puffs because they are covered in 100% real chocolate and pretty good light chewy texture. But always we tell you about the healthy things on this show and that bar is not outside of the realm of healthy. It's actually way inside with 160 grams of cal or calories rather that you're able to take advantage of but also 15 grams of protein so really you get to kind of balance that out and hey it's really easy to go and get more information and find out how you can order you go to built.com locked 15 and you get 15 percent off that first order so go check out the cookie dough chunk puffs right now and really anything in that entire spread because they really have a lot to offer you that is built.com use the code locked on 15 Locked 15, rather, and you will get 15% off your very first order. It is locked on 15. Go ahead and put that on in there. Make sure you lock on 15, getting 15% off. Locked on 15. There you go. That is the code to get 15% off at built.com. Now, T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture. And sometimes, whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down the show. Today is no different. Essence has released the top. 10 R&B artists of all time, T. Woo! Woo! Now, when I was going through this list, I, I, I saw the number one, you know, I, I started looking at it and, and, and kind of figuring out, I was like, all right, you know, you got Beyonce up there, you know, you got a, and then, and then you got Whitney, Whitney at number one, Whitney at number one, and then you had uh, Michael Jackson at number two. Uh, that was, that was interesting. And then you had Beyonce at, at, at top three, and at, at three. And mm -hmm. then you had Miss 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 Baker. I mean, no, I'm sorry, Mariah Carey at four. Mm -hmm. And then you had uh, Luther at number five. Now, I got a little problem with that. You mean tell me Luther ain't number, but number five now? I I had a little like, come on now, Wait, Luther, go through the whole thing. Luther, Luther. Okay, then break, all right. them, then break break them all the way down. So we got so we got five. Luther at five. Anita's at six, Miss Baker's at six, uh, Aretha Franklin seven, Usher at eight, or Usher, we we'll know where you're from, Mary J. Blige at nine, and wrapping up the top ten, Al Green. Oh, hmm. I know I've kind of mentioned what stood out to me, T. Yeah. Like, wh which one do you have? Do you agree with or do you disagree? With, yeah, with I would have to say for me, it was Michael Jackson. I don't think he belongs in the top 10 at all, because I think if you're talking about vocal quality okay. and the things you're able to do, the different octaves that you can sing in and uh, telling a story kind of floating over uh, lyrics or floating over the music. He's more of a performer, right? That's what yeah, I, there I would, it is. There it we're is. talking about and performer? He, he's number one. Boom, he's number one. <laughs> we're not, we're not even go. asking that question. <laughs> yeah. You're number absolutely one. right. Same for Beyonce. The, yeah. And you know I'm beehive all day, every day. No doubt. But if yes. we're not talking about performer, if we're talking about pure singer, I don't know how no, Aretha Franklin is not number one. And I love Whitney, but the things that Aretha could do to just pierce your soul is unmatched. <sighs> wow. And how you could put Beyonce and Michael Jackson on the list, but leave uh, and Al Green, just hear me out, and leave off Gladys Knight, Patti LaBelle, <sighs> and Stevie Wonder. Oh, it's a problem. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm like, looking at you under, over, all the way through my glasses. And much as I, I get down with Usher, too. Yes. He's another one of those guys that, like, I think they probably probably got the top five of 
the people that shouldn't have probably possibly shouldn't be in the top 10. Yeah. But you talk yeah. about top five as far as performers, mm-hmm. people I would pay a lot of money to see. Um, if, if, well, Mike, Mike's not, unfortunately not, no longer with us, but, but if Mike was here, like, as an adult, I would probably put out a lot of money to go out and go see this dude, and Usher as well, because he puts mm-hmm. on a show. So yes. I think, yeah, I think they probably mixed the whole, the the the, the performance and the vocals. If we just talking vocals, like this yes. list looks totally different to me because I think Al is up there. I think Gladys is, is somewhere in that top 10 as well. So Patty. you have a lot mm-hmm. of... Right, so, come on now, Stevie Wonder. Like, how yeah. do you leave Stevie out totally? And and so I think it's just some some things that you have to kind of like think about because that even in the article they talked about their voices and, and what whether or not they were soprano or alto. Mm-hmm. And when you start talking like that, like okay, if that's the if that's the, if those are the parameters for to be on this list. Like y'all might probably need to change this bad boy around, or y'all need to send that send those names down to us, and we'll come mm-hmm. up with a nice little top ten for you. <laughs> Indeed, and if your goal in, in putting Beyonce on the list was because you wanted to kind of mix in some newer generation, newer generation artists, yeah. like I, I have no problem with Mary. You know that she is my favorite, yeah, but Mary, yeah. for me, if you really are looking for a vocalist, then you have to put Jennifer Hudson in there and take Beyonce <sighs> out because J Hud. Ooh, is a show ridiculous. You, you yes. could even put Fantasia in the mix if, if you if you chose to. But she again, I think you called it perfectly. I think you called it perfectly. They mixed singers and performers, and that's where the problem start started. And you know what else? You know what else? T, I have a problem with. So I've been, you know me. I sometimes I go down a rabbit hole on social media, and <laughs> I've been seeing a lot of slander that I have to address on this show before we get out of here. <laughs> People have been talking about Wingstop as if it is subpar, as if it's not a good place to go get some wings. Like, people, let me tell y'all something, man. For all you folks that feel like you got to get wings the size of your fingernail, y'all need to stop. Y'all need to stop because this is getting ridiculous. I came across a little, a little, a little gif. Somebody's about, yeah, Wingstop needs to go. If you think Wingstop has good wings, you need to move away from Atlanta. No, I'm staying yeah. right where I am. Like, yeah, like, come on, stop playing. Oh, T, hot with sprinkled with the lemon pepper, pepper with real size wings that I can actually believe were on a real chicken. Like, you know, <laughs> you know those wings that you go to the little, little, little uh, Chinese food spots and wings and, and, and hibachi, those wings be the size of my doggone fingernail, T. Uh, you mean to tell me that came from a chicken? Stop playing. Stop playing with me. I'd rather have a steroid chicken than doggone uh, anorexic chicken, chicken wing on, up here going in my mouth. No, man, we stop playing around with me. And if anybody thinks that Jarvis is being dramatic, then you don't know Jarvis <laughs> because this dude I'm the resident about wing that expert. wing line. So if he says it's a problem, it is a problem. So you guys stop hating on Wingstop because he's coming for you. And I'm not even a wing yes. person. I don't do wings because that's too much work to get to the meat. But if I'm going to do it, I am going to do some oh, oh, Wingstop. Or, or I'm going to put the extra seasoning on the wings at JJ's Fish and Wings because Jarvis oh, told me yes, about Lord. that spot. Yes. And it's on and popping. And you know what else is going to be on and popping tomorrow? We're going to talk more Hawks. We're going to talk about what they need to do to get this sweep in Detroit. We'll have that for you tomorrow. Hopefully some good reaction to Ravens, Bucks, and what implications that might have for the Falcons. And also, of course, we're going to preview keys to the game for the Falcons to beat the Panthers Sunday. And 
We didn't get to it today, but we got some more Braves talk for you guys because, hey, Braves are still out here getting accolades in the postseason, and we have reactions. So you want to hear about it? Come back tomorrow, and we will talk about it. In the meantime, enjoy the beautiful weather because we got a beautiful day today here in the A. And make sure you check out Locked On Sports today because we know y'all rock with us. Make sure you rock with them as well. They got a lot of good stuff going on and you can find them wherever you find us on the Odyssey app and on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast. Y'all make sure y'all come back now, you hear?